0: Welcome to Boko no X-Anime! This is your prestige X-Men podcast talking all about the 2011 X-Men anime. I'm Zach Jenkins, and with me as always is Luz Bianca. Luz, how you doing today?
1: Pretty good. Pretty anime. Pretty
0: anime. Pretty anime. Uh, That's that's good, because this is our first episode, and it's going to be wild, I think.
1: Oh, I mean, considering the source material... I sure hope so.
0: So, for those of you who are coming to this podcast new, which should be everyone, which is a good starting place, we're all in the same base. We are going to be doing twelve issue or twelve episodes, excuse me, all about the uh, 2011 X Men anime. Uh, it was produced by Madhouse Studios, who have, based on Wikipedia, done some actual good animes. <laughs> Uh, like Hunter
1: X Hunter. Luz, are you familiar with Madhouse? I am familiar with... Uh, I have not seen Hunter Hunter, but I know enough to know that it's pronounced Hunter Hunter and you don't say the X.
0: Yeah, uh, you guys are going to get used to the fact that I've seen very few animes.
1: And I've seen more than he has.
0: They have done Death Note, Trigun.
1: Oh, Death Note. I remember Death Note. And...
0: Very important. The first seasons of both Beyblade and Kirby right back at ya. I I remember that there was a Kirby TV show. I guess I am realizing that it was an anime now at this moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't know a lot of the shows I was watching were anime when I first watched them, you know? I just thought Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z were just sort of animated differently. Mm -hmm. And I was also kind of afraid of Dragon Ball Z, so I didn't watch it.
0: Well, they got the yelly spiky hair guys going super saiyan punch or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that brings up an interesting question. Luz, how, how, how many animes have you seen?
1: Um, well, it's kind of evenly split between how many animes I've seen and how many mangas I've read.
0: See, because you're making that distinction, uh, that tells, tells the audience here what your role on this podcast really is.
1: Yeah, I'm the resident anime expert, and expert.
0: I believe the word is otakmo.
1: Don't you fucking dare! Sorry. Sorry.
0: <laughs> this will be good. This will be good. Uh,
1: and don't I, even start.
0: And I, uh, for those of you who don't know, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put this out here. You probably are coming to this from this angle, if. You know, just based on how this podcast will be received, I'm very much into X Men. I run the Xavier Files media empire, all about the X Men. Uh, so I'm what you call well versed in the mutants drama.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're definitely more well versed than I am, and I'm well more, and I'm more well versed than the average person. So,
0: yeah, uh, I've not read every X Men comic ever. You've gotten but close. I...
1: You're, you're getting Here's
0: the there. thing I know which ones I haven't read and <laughs> how much I have to do
1: <laughs> yeah um have you have there been like x-men like tie-in comics you haven't read like for like specifically for like merchandise that exists in the real world
0: there are and that's just because some of them are hard to find I okay. actually have sitting upstairs right now right. in my drawer of to read stuff, three magazines that marvel put out one of them was a spider-man magazine two of them were nfl tie-in magazines oh, that have it. x-men comics in them yes i love it yeah so i'm 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 at that level of i've gotta finish uh so we're we're close but no so we decided to do this podcast because loose likes anime i like the x-men and uh they did an anime of the x-men and no one ever talks about it which is wild uh because you know who wrote this Warren Ellis. Warren friggin Ellis from Transmet, from Planetary, from several runs on the X-Men books. Uh, Not my favorite X-Men writer, but like a A really, really good. Yeah, he's a super good comics writer. Uh, Yeah, and he's
1: also like not too shabby in animation either. I've heard great things about his Castlevania Netflix anime, which I have not watched.
0: I watched like five minutes of it and I remembered, all right, I don't really like anime. Why am I doing this to myself? I could rewatch Archer again. And that's how I spent that week at that hotel in St. Louis.
1: All right. All right. Gonna Ew. take that as okay. But also, like, <laughs> I feel like just to get back to the part where I said, don't call me an otaku. Yes. I feel like I feel like there's a problem among anime fans where, like, there is kind of this conception, which is partially true, that, like, a lot of us are just, like, fetishizing the culture. So I'm going to try not to do that. And because of that, I'm not going to, like, assign Japanese terms to myself. Um, or at least I'll try not to. Um, also, I did take a year of college-level Japanese, so I am going to make some comments on that.
0: That's very good. Uh, on I the other, right? On the opposite side, I will appropriate Krakoan culture uh, and really celebrate all things mutant. Uh, so, you know, we're all sorts of problematic here.
1: How's your college-level Cricone class going, Zach?
0: I, I mean, look, the language has only existed for 15 weeks, uh, yeah. but I i have begun to sight-read it, so that's terrifying.
1: That actually is, but I love it. Like, it's good. You're advanced. You're on a level.
0: I'm getting there.
1: Put Cricone but- on your resume. I know I joked about that in a tweet, but you should actually do it.
0: I'm thinking about it, but then I'd have to explain for Cohen, much like we have to explain this episode. uh, This is the X-Men anime episode one, The Return.
1: The Return. It opens with the Phoenix and I immediately got a big grin on my face. You're you're, you're a big
0: Jean Grey fan.
1: I'm a big Jean Grey fan. Um, I am kind of sad that people mainly associate her with all the time she's died and also the phoenix and this anime is going to be no help the aforementioned grin on my face sort of vanished the moment she says to scott you have to kill me
0: yeah you realized real quick they were doing a dark phoenix saga from jump street like that's where this one starts
1: yeah i mean i i knew i mean i knew it was dark phoenix saga because it's the phoenix immediately but the fact that she was just going to be there for the opening like five minutes and then die, like, that was her entire purpose was to die. I'm kind of sick of that with Jean.
0: She is immediately fridged, which is, yeah. uh, not I guess I'm used to it, because it's Gene. like, I think Jean dying, that's a thing. Jean dying to only motivate Scott into being a sad boy has happened in three different adaptations
1: of, oh, uh, yeah. X-Men oh, yeah. stuff that I can think of. But it's interesting though, because Jean's only died, like, really twice yeah and that's the same amount of times like Ilyana's died and no one's like oh Ilyana, we can't keep track of how many times she's died is she alive is she dead uh
0: iliana rasputin is magic she's the most anime of the x-men
1: uh oh, but yeah. she is
0: not in this she has a giant final fantasy sword
1: she does and it's her uh, soul too it is <laughs> which is very I, I i've never played final fantasy but that feels very final fantasy
0: uh that seems right
1: yeah let's say that's right
0: now this it starts with the Dark Phoenix stuff. Scott does immediately yell Jean. That's his first two lines, and that's good.
1: Oh yeah, that very in character.
0: Uh and it's it's weird we see this group of people that we don't know much about, uh, that are kind of watching over her. There's a big action scene where it does that anime thing where everything freeze frames and it goes like pow, 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 pow. Only it yeah, doesn't And in there's the shape also like an the
1: anime what I affectionately call the anime grunting, which is like huh? <sighs> you know, there's a lot of that.
0: There's a lot, there's a lot of grunting in this, which is nice. And then, uh, surprising me because I forgot this happened so quickly. Emma Frost is there.
1: Yeah, he's like Emma, and we're like, and and I assume if you've never, if you don't know anything about the Axemen, you're like, who's Emma? Why is she here? How does Scott know her?
0: Uh, Emma's the best. She comes up later, guys, uh, and we'll talk about her more there. Though one interesting thing uh, before we move on, the design for jean oh yeah i i kind of like her like short like off the shoulder shoulder pad gauntlet
1: things or whatever they are I drones. like drones but i don't like how it's animated if that makes sense
0: i can buy that
1: yeah like what's, i think it's an interesting wh- idea i'm just not that down with the execution
0: what's weird about the design though is it seems to all center around a pendant
1: is that, that explained later? Because I've only seen this one episode.
0: I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> at all. Uh, but
1: okay. Okay. I mean, like, you say it's so wild, and yet you can not remember these things? It's been. I watched
0: this for the first time in, like, 2013. Uh, and I have not watched just... it since.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I've never watched this before, so you have that leg up on me.
0: I do. I know where this is going, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, but the amulet's, like, connected to the Phoenix Force, and we see it later. Uh, we'll figure out what it actually does. We're making this up as we go. Uh, but the designs here, especially this pre-time skip designs, uh, I don't know. I like it.
1: Yeah, they feel a bit, um... Yeah, no, I like I like the majority of the pre-time skip designs.
0: Yeah, but we don't, we don't get that to happen uh, much because Gene blows up. And then all the X-Men are sad, and the intro starts, and it's five years in the future. Or a year in the future.
1: A year. Just one year. Yeah, I was like, can we at least give Scott three? Like, I feel like that's a lot.
0: Yeah, uh... All the X-Men are doing stuff. So, uh... Actually, we're gonna go into this assuming you have a general idea who the X-Men are, because they're very large in pop culture, and none of these are weird X-Men.
1: Define weird X-Men. Like, Maggot.
0: I mean maggots not in this one and that does make me sad but like the core team here is storm who's been in movies since the year 2000 yeah you got beast who's very well known wolverine who's you know Oh,
1: you don't even yeah wolverine
0: (laughs) cyclops and you got charles xavier and
1: oh and you get all their powers in the little opening, so you get some idea of what they do
0: yeah they give you they give you like trading card facts at the beginning uh which is nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I hope that's nice. I I I know the X-Men too well to really gauge that.
0: <laughs> well, we get we get a chance to uh get a feel for all of the X-Men's uh you know, personalities after this one year time skip cuz you get Charles Xavier just droning onto the camera about this is what the X-Men were. They were this paramilitary super team. And I love oh, I love that.
1: how like he starts it. This is like a problem with all X adaptations, I think. But he starts with like, oh, it was a dream of peaceful coexistence. And they were also my elite strike force. Like he just has to add that on the on at the end.
0: Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Peaceful coexistence doesn't work when you're training a child army. Charles, Charles, Charles. You messed up Yeah, paramilitary
1: strike forces kind of, I mean, I get it. They have powers. They should know how to use them and use them well. But also, like, does there have to be a danger room? I'm sorry.
0: Uh, It's dope, and it gives fun action. We need to not overthink it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then Charles has these visions of some really sad children. And then just one super weird kid whose thoughts he can't read.
1: And, and that's it. For those of you who aren't familiar with this, Xavier can read pretty much everyone's mind. So that's like an immediate an immediate red flag. Especially if the kid's human, which I don't think from the context it is. They are yeah, <laughs> I, refer-
0: I think I think we will uh, learn more about this child as the series progresses.
1: I certainly we, hope we, so. We. It would be really disappointing if we didn't.
0: Also, uh, Cam Clark, who does the uh, English voice of Charles Xavier in this, which is the only voice I listen to because I don't speak any Japanese and have I mean, no intention of learning. can you read
1: English? Because then you can read subtitles, right?
0: I, I could. I could. I don't want to.
1: See, this is where we get into dubs versus subs, which is like a classic anime debate. Do you want to watch the dubbed over version in English? Yes. or Do you want to watch the subtitles with the original Japanese?
0: Yes, I, I was born, born in the Midwest. I speak English. I would like to consume this in English. I bet the Japanese voice actors are very good.
1: Uh, well, I'm willing to bet they're better, honestly. <laughs> like, no offense to the English people, but...
0: Uh, um, hold on. We got Cam Clark doing Professor Xavier, who voiced Bebop and Rocksteady in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV show, so maybe slow your roll there.
1: Those credentials don't mean much to me, honestly. Oh Um. my
0: gosh, you're killing... He played, uh... Are you going to pull
1: up his Wikipedia page?
0: Going to, I'm already pulled up. He was in Akira, which I hear is very
1: good. It is, but I don't know about the English.
0: Uh, he played additional voices in Aladdin.
1: (laughs) Who can forget the iconic additional voices? Um, no, but, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like, generally speaking, and... This is a very wide generalization. Generally speaking, the pool of voice actors for dubbing over Japanese anime is smaller than the actual pool of regular voice actors. Like that's why you hear a lot of like people playing the same roles over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I've just been burnt by so many dubs where like you can just tell some of the people there don't care. And that's like the that's maybe not the gentlest way I can put it, but like the Cowboy Bebop dub is amazing because everyone is giving it their all. But I can't let's, say that of every dub.
0: Let's see, let's see, let's see. He did not work on Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> he did, and however. I don't care. He did, however. You'll appreciate this.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh he was Simba's singing voice in The Lion King 2: Simba's Pride.
1: Who can forget that beautiful dulcet tones? Yeah, I respect him now.
0: He, he look, he's a professional. He's a, he's a workhorse. He's a good hand.
1: No, I'm, I don't think. And also, like, I watched the majority of this in English. I just want to put it out there as clarification. I think the English dub for this is pretty good. Um, and I, since it was a co and since it was a co production, if I'm not mistaken, between American and Japanese folks. I think they are working pretty simultaneously, which I think Mm -hmm. would add to more, like, synergy, let's say.
0: Well, one way they synergize this is by uh, immediately smash-cutting to Japan.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Where a bunch of robots chase this schoolgirl.
1: I actually Uh, wasn't done talking about (laughs) about Japanese.
0: I'm sorry. Please continue talking about subs versus dubs and argue it that will never be solved on this podcast.
1: I mean, it's, it's all for me. Honestly, it's per- personal preference. I don't see why people, like, argue about it. But no, the only thing I'll say is that Japanese also has some linguistic quirks that just can't translate just like English does. Mm-hmm. So I was really do- excited when I first watched the anime because I assumed we were going to have the Japanese voices too. Because <laughs> Japanese has different words for I. So... There, and there's three big ones for men. And they're Watashi, Boku, and Ore. Watashi is like... Your standard... How are you? It's very formal. It's kind of feminine. And I'm so glad the professor uses it. Because that's correct. Scott should okay. also use it. If Wolverine uses it, I will riot. But I don't know.
0: Uh, I... I do have the DVD that has both tracks, and you can buy it on Amazon for $1.99 for the whole series. I'm
1: going uh, to the way,
0: By the way, guys, if you want to watch this series, it's free on the app Crackle, which is Sony's streaming thing. It's a bad app, but you can just sign up for free and then watch this show.
1: Yeah. Um, wait. Okay, right. Boku is sort of like the generic boy one, like the generic. Oh, boy one. so it's wait. the one we're using. So like, Boku Got no it. blank means my, in this case. So like, Boku no Hero Academia is my Hero Academia, Boku no X Men Podcast is my X Men Podcast, or my X Men Anime Podcast. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, we're there's a lot of words we could use. And then what's the what's the last one? Oni. Ore. All right, and
1: yeah, um, and that's like the super rude one. It's like very casual, very boisterous. Um, people will switch in between them depending on the setting, but seeing what they huh. use as the default is always interesting. So I, so I would associate Ore with Wolverine.
0: That's interesting. I will, uh, I will actually bring up the uh, dub version or the sub version uh, next episode and see what I can find out.
1: Yeah. No, my my year of college Japanese has trained me well.
0: That's good. Now it would also train you well as you know, like a Japanese schoolgirl being chased in the forest from some robots.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a that's a really smooth segue right there. We gotta it? keep
0: we gotta keep this moving. Is the thing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. The the subtitle for this is, for this thing is Lose talks about Japanese. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, she's running. There are these things chasing her. Um I don't know why they're chasing her. We think it's cuz they're mute they're mutant. It's, we think it's cuz they're mutant hunters, but I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. Like just to arrive to that clu- conclusion immediately.
0: Well, we find out we'll find out soon enough because she exhibits mutant powers. Uh she gets a big uh like semi-translucent robot armor thing around her. Uh It's Hisako it's Sako, she's armor, she's great, and I love her.
1: Yeah, I haven't actually read much with her, but I have nothing against her, so.
0: Oh, she's very good. She's one of my favorite of the younger X-Men, and it's a delight to have her in this cast. Because
1: uh, you know she, they just picked her because she's Japanese.
0: You oh, they 100%, they 100% picked her because she was, like, there's two Japanese X-Men characters. Well, and the other I one three. is Sunfire. There's Sunfire, and he kind of sucks. Uh, there's Surge, who's not as popular as Armor. And yeah. then there's Armor, who was in Joss Whedon's X-Men. Uh, yeah. So she gets the nod here. Uh, and then she nods off because Mad-Eye Mooney from Harry Potter does shoot her with a tranquilizer dart.
1: And I will point out, this he doesn't immediately look like any single one of the classic X-Men villains. So I have no idea who he is or who he's supposed to be.
0: Uh, It's going to get weird.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> <gasps> Anyway, Xavier gets a call about this, and four minutes into the episode after they broke up, uh, he does get all the X-Men back together.
1: Yeah, he's like, I've been looking for an excuse to bring us back together, and you're like, okay, I mean...
0: We could could have just started here. Yeah,
1: you could have just been like, hey, miss us, want 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 a Xavier School reunion?
0: Yeah, Uh, he does a bad job with it, uh, but he does get on Cerebro 2.0. Mm. And calls all the X-Men, starting with Storm, who is on a cruise ship as pirates are attacking.
1: And she just murks those pirates, I'm pretty sure. Like, she freezes them, which I can't imagine is good for your body.
0: No. But she just walks up with her sun hat on and her cover-up and says, Excuse me, everyone. I got this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, then she kills them. Oh, uh, yeah. She definitely murders them.
1: Which... Okay, we're...
0: Uh, Yeah, her voice actress is Danielle Nicolette, uh, who I don't have any strong affection for, and I don't think she's actually very good in this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, because right now Storm's personality is very much like girl.
0: Yeah, which is a weird personality for, you know, goddess, thief, warrior, punk.
1: Yeah, like, she has so many aspects, and I was kind of weirded out, honestly, by the fact that she killed them in cold blood, because part of her shtick, at least for a long time, has been that she respects life to a point.
0: Well, as Storm says in this episode, you just don't get between a girl and her cruise.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's very out of character, but she does say it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bad line, and we should all be afraid of it. Uh, she, Cyclops! She, yeah. Cyclops doesn't get any lines, because he's still at Gene's grave, all sad as hell, and he has emo hair now.
1: I, I wrote in my notes, Cyclops just has a good half an hour to an hour of his day dedicated to standing where Gene died. Yeah. Like, I just, he's, like, imagine, like, him at lunch with, like, some guys, and he looks at his phone and starts beeping. He's like, sorry, gotta go to where my girlfriend died.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's, it's an interesting notes. choice. Uh he uh he's voiced by Scott Porter, uh who is not a huge voice actor but did play uh Jason Street in the beautiful television series Friday Night Lights. Uh
1: Is that from the 90s?
0: No, it's from the early, it's from the mid 2000s. Uh, and no one watched it except for me. Then it got a second life on uh, streaming and it's incredibly good. It's about football and love and family in Texas.
1: Is any of it gay? Uh
0: a little bit. There's 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 a handful of gay characters.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, good. It's
0: I I will I will give you this. It's Mid-2000s gay, so ah, on, a, ah. on, a, on a network. I ah. don't think it's done poorly, but also I'm a straight dude who doesn't know the difference sometimes. So yeah, take that what it will.
1: I mean, there's a certain charm to it now that we're farther away from it, but it doesn't stir up the best feelings in me.
0: Yeah. Uh, the series as a whole super holds up, and I love it so much. Okay. Uh, so it's nice that he's playing Cyclops.
1: Yeah, I think he does a good job as Scott.
0: Yeah, but let's talk about Beast here for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really, he, he's in like this um, this university and he's talking to like his students who just look very bored and not that respectful of him, which is like, he's a blue furry guy who can talk. Like.
0: Yeah, hold on. He's a cat person in a three-piece suit. Maybe y'all should be like more interested in this.
1: Yeah, like, I, and I also just have to wonder like as a college student, like what's it like to have him as a professor? Like whether what's, what's his rate my professor like?
0: Well, in this scene, he does get the call for the X-Men, immediately leave his class, and throw a microphone into the fish tank where the hyper-intelligent squid that he taught how to be human teaches the rest of the class. And I'm not making any of that up. That's just touched upon and never brought up again.
1: Yeah, um, I'm so glad that squid sounds like posh, very posh. I want to know more about this squid. I want to know his name. I want to know his story. Uh,
0: his name is Mr. Cellopod, Cellopod, and he is my favorite X-Men.
1: He's the best. Like We need more of this character. Dickensian in depth.
0: It's, it's very good. Uh, but instead, we get Wolverine, who's taking flight uh, a flight to Madripoor that's leaving out of gate X-23.
1: Yep, I see you. I see you. I see you, Alice.
0: Yeah, uh, here's the thing, though, Wolverine, Wolverine has, uh, swords in his hands,
1: that's his superpower, uh,
0: and well, the TSA does not appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty standard gag to have him go through a, um,
0: metal detector.
1: go through a metal detector and set it off.
0: Yeah, he does say in this time, because they're wanding him down, uh, just in his waist area. He says, lady, the problem isn't in my pants.
1: I think it was pockets, but it's really funny to say pants. No,
0: it's pants. I've reround it several <laughs> times.
1: My... God, you're probably going to censor this, but he's like, my dick's fine, lady.
0: Warren Ellis knew what he was doing. <laughs> uh, so that's great. And then everyone just shows up at the X-Mansion and they say, wait... We don't have Scott here. We have to go get Scott.
1: We have to get Scott. We're not the X-Men without Cyclops, says Storm, who has canonically run the X-Men just fine without him.
0: Yeah, she's done a really good job without Cyclops. Uh, But Cyclops is still being sad at Jean's grave.
1: uh, Yeah, um, and they approach him. And Logan's kind of like oh, this is obvious, like, where do you take a dump? Which is, like, the best, most well-posed question in this episode, and I'm so mad it's not answered. Because if he just lives his entire life there, like, where does he take a dump?
0: Yeah, they're just... It's a weird question, because we see, like, a small makeshift campsite (laughs) around, and all I'm curious about in this is, where's where's Cyclops poop? Yeah. How does 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 he get
1: water? How does he survive? Is he, like... Michael Scott from The Office trying to survive, like, <laughs> like is he using like his clothes from the earlier days to like make a tent? I, I don't.
0: Cyclops is the new Bear Grylls, and I would watch that show.
1: Improvise, adapt, overcome.
0: Uh, eventually, they convince him. Uh, they start fighting, uh, but Storm he and breaks Wolverine it up. Start fighting, yeah, yeah, Storm breaks it up and says, "Stop being a dick."
1: Pretty much. And And she also is like, we're just going to look for a missing girl when when Scott's like, I don't want to fight. And that's like such an obvious lie. I'm kind of mad that he didn't call her out on that.
0: Do you know what the weirdest thing about this missing girl is that we find out? What? Every detective working on her case has been murdered.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, that.
0: What a wild detail.
1: Yeah. Why um, would
0: they still be putting detectives on that case?
1: Yeah. And so... Yeah, it's also very funny, because, like, they have to establish that Logan has a healing factor. So when Scott knocks him over with his optic eye blasts, um, he says, You know, that would have stung a little bit more if it weren't for my healing factor, which is just Sorkin-esque, truly.
0: It's it's a really good way of telling and not showing, and I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, sometimes the audience just needs to be flat out told, I have healing powers, right before his healing powers are shown.
0: Now... Eventually, they all they all work out their stuff, and there's a sad piano as they all get on the uh, X jet. Cyclops obviously being the last one, right? Uh, because Logan can smell him coming.
1: He I can't smell anywhere. Yeah.
0: And Cyclops walks up, and he's wearing an amazing outfit. Uh, he where is, he it's, has it's beautiful. He has giant shoulder pads and real tight tights.
1: And Logan even comments on that. And I'm like, you're one to talk. Like, have you seen what you've worn?
0: Yeah, he has a jacket. Logan looks great in this. I don't know what you're talking about. Not I mean, as good as Beast. Beast oh, Beast looks amazing. Beast's costume needs to actually, like Beast shouldn't wear clothes in comics. Uh, but if he's going to wear an, like a uniform, he should wear this thing. Because it's this like thing. this real fancy boy suit. And yeah. his chest puffed out. I love it.
1: Yeah, he's just so proud to be himself. And what more can we ask of him?
0: Uh, I don't know, and neither does this episode, because it immediately ends from there, uh, being all about getting the band together and doing nothing.
1: Yeah, it's like, I don't know, I'm just kind of torn, because on the one hand, it has a lot to set up with such a big universe and a team, but I feel like it it all feels kind of slapdash. You know, like, we get very quick transitions, both tonally and from an editing perspective.
0: Yeah, it's it's only 12 episodes that we're getting here. So wish they would have jumped into the meat a little bit more because this feels...
1: Yeah, it feels like wasted space.
0: It does. Though I know we're going to get less wasted space uh, coming up. Uh, so we have a couple of things that we want to do before we wrap this up. Luz, what was the most anime moment in this episode?
1: The opening. The opening is probably the most, but if we're getting episode specific, um, let me think. Probably that fight with Jean, honestly. Okay, here's
0: here's the thing. Yeah. Our other thing we have to point out is the most X-Men moment. Yeah. And I kind of think doing a Dark Phoenix saga (laughs) right from Jump Street and making it all about Jean is the most X-Men thing you could do.
1: I mean, I feel like they didn't make it all about Jean.
0: Uh. You know, Cyclops has an arc and his arc is being sad. So oh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that's
1: very X-Men, actually.
0: Uh, but yeah, this has been uh this has been a fun one. Uh yeah. and it's the episodes actually get better as this goes. Like it's gonna hit a stride soon and they're gonna introduce a couple of characters that I'm very into.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So we'll see how that goes. Uh so thank you all for coming on this uh, weird journey with us. Luz, where can uh, people find you online?
1: Online? If they want to get to
0: know you and stuff and what you're doing.
1: <laughs> like I like how you specify online. Like, oh, yeah, if you want to find me in real life, you want to take a turn off that high. <laughs> no, you don't want to no. find me in real life.
0: I'm scared. No. I, I've never found you in real life, and I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at LuzBianca417. That's kind of my home base. And I also have a Patreon, which I never update. But if you feel like shoving money at me, please do lose Bianca.
0: You should. Uh, On my end, uh, I'm at Xavier Files on Twitter. I am also running the Xavier Files Media Empire. That's at XavierFiles.com. As well as co-hosting the podcast Battle of the Atom, where we talk about three different X-Men stories every week. And rank them on our big old list from best to worst X-Men stories. Uh, throughout all of history and into eternity
1: are you going to rank those NFL stories though?
0: I freaking I might uh, I think legally we have to but someone has to pay us money to do it Uh, just like the people who paid enough money for us to do this podcast uh, which yeah, this is 100% a yeah it's 100% listener supported so thanks guys uh, you're great and this has been a lot of fun next week we're going to talk about the next episode and it's going to be good
1: it's gonna be great. It's gonna be
0: Animerific. Sugoi. Sugoi. We're just gonna go with a very tacky Sayonara guys.